this fucking Google, Julie. I'm... Why wouldn't a search be included? <laughs> That's what makes us a great duo. Yes. One of us listens, one of us doesn't. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes scary, but always fun. <laughs> yeah, you're never sure if you should take your hands off and put them up in the air or hang on tight. Uh, read my fucking headline, Bozo the Clown. I'm already a best-selling author. <laughs> Welcome to Defeat the Chaos. How about that new open, Corey? How about it, Julie? That is... Some fun stuff. Yeah, Aaron did a good job with that. That's amazing. So, all right. We're glad you're here. I'm Julie. He's Corey. And Defeat the Chaos is a show about the highs and sometimes the very low lows of being an entrepreneur. Whether you're looking for direction on how to be more successful or if you're just looking for someone to share in this struggle, this show is for you. Come on, hop on the struggle bus with us. We've got a seat for you right next to us. Today's show, we've got Tony Watley. Tony became known as the side hustle millionaire after his book with the same title became a number one bestseller on Amazon. Hey, we also have a number one bestseller on Amazon. We really do. But his book title isn't just fiction. It's based on his actual story. Tony once led a successful corporate career for over 25 years, but that is less interesting than the side businesses that he created, which generated millions in profit. As an active entrepreneur himself, he still owns a few businesses, but his real passion is teaching entrepreneurs how to start, scale, and sell their business within within his podcast and consulting brand of 365 Driven. Uh, before t- Tony joins the show, we're going to check in on how things are going with the restaurant that Corey's opening. And we might talk a little bit about business planning. We might talk about, I think we're going to talk about pricing. Pricing, today. that's where we're yeah. going, yeah. Um, and let's, let's get into it. All right. Things are great, Julie. <laughs> great. Perfect. Like Tony, the tiger. Yes. Great. great. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are, we're plugging along, which is, it's been, uh, quite a struggle the past couple of weeks, long, long hours. And I'm talking, I'm usually there at 8am and, uh, last week, for example, there wasn't a day that I didn't leave before midnight. Um, so just in there working, building stuff, painting, cleaning, fixing, setting up, doing everything that needs to be done to get that place up and running. Um, and that's all of the physical labor that needs to happen to get it up and running. And then there's all of the other stuff on the back end, the hiring, the admin stuff, dealing with vendors, dealing, um, with employees, scheduling training, all of that stuff outside of actually constructing stuff. So it's been, it's been super busy, but we're, we're finally at a point now where I think that the, the space is kind of as good as I can get it by myself right now. And without having, like, I still have a one and a half storage units of that. I have to unload that still have some equipment in there, has all of our smallwares, has everything in there that we need to actually stock the restaurant. Um, And I believe today we should be all set and ready for our health inspection um, in terms of we've got everything buttoned up that that shouldn't be an issue when the health inspector does come. But we can't get the health inspector in the space until we get our certificate of occupancy. And we have no clue when that's going to come because we are waiting on the city right now to do their job. And you know how much I love government and especially local government and the efficiency, um, just the 
how well things are run there. I mean, you can't, you can't get better than that. So no fucking clue when that's going to come, which is great because my entire schedule is based off of this one thing happening and no idea when that's going to come. And in the meantime, just continue to spend money. Like it's, you know, going out of style. Wow. That's a lot that you just, you're, that was longer than the open. Yes. <laughs> All right. So a uh, couple questions. Does that mean that your days are shorter this week? Because you said last week you worked every day till midnight. Does that mean that you're, you've at least got some relief there and you're getting a little more sleep? No. Oh, okay. It's just that there's, this week isn't over yet. <laughs> this week isn't over yet. No, like I'm, I've still, uh, I haven't had to put in as much time in the restaurant because last week was like, we just made a big push to get a lot of stuff done. Um, and so now it's just a lot of little odds and ends that need to happen. And it's, it's things like, uh, I need to get different monitors for our POS, like different, instead of, uh, we've got these base stands and we need wall mounts mm -hmm. and I cannot get somebody at fucking toast to respond to an email, to a phone call. I've got my partner, Gary, on it. They, they're just, they won't respond. I was like, I need to change these things out. No response. And that's just the world we live in. Nobody, nobody cares anymore. Well, customer service really is a problem in a lot of businesses. Yes. <laughs> that is, that is for sure. I, so listen, there's this thing that I want to, can we take a slight diversion? Sure. Okay. I want to take a little detour because you've mentioned a couple of things that are reminding me of something that I've been pissed off about all week. And I want to talk about it okay. right now. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I mean, Corey, you definitely know him. Our listeners, you know, you, if you're not familiar with Chad, Wright, Check him out on Instagram. Uh, Chad's a, in a former Navy SEAL and he's an endurance athlete and he's, um, it's kind of a badass, right? Would you use badass to describe Chad? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's a, uh... Uh, impressive. He's very like, impressive. Yeah. Like physically in his backgrounds, got some, you know, crazy stories. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Very much so. And he's, he's a, he's a good human being. Right. And sure. Chad posted a story on Instagram earlier this week that just really has been sitting with me. And you talked about government and local government, and you also talked about customer service, right? So this plays right into it. So his, his post started talking about how 22 veterans a day commit suicide, 22, right? Which is just disgusting. That is an astronomical number. It two would be an astronomical number, but he, and he, it, a lot of it has to do with people giving up because the government has medical, uh, like has your health insurance and your health coverage for veterans so fucking broken and twisted up. Chad literally, like something happened weeks ago with his health insurance and they can't really get any, him and Brooke can't get any coverage, can't get anything covered. And he spent, it was a mistake on their part and he spent six hours on, I want to say it was Monday or Tuesday, in a line waiting to get his help, to get his problem solved so that he could get some medical care and still didn't get the problem resolved. That sounds accurate. In six hours. And it just got me thinking if somebody is going to serve our country, if they're going to 
put their life on the line for our freedom. If they're going to serve and you know, you know, Veterans Day is my favorite day of the year was my mom's favorite day. It's like, I, I, I have high regard for our military. If somebody's going to serve our country, why are they not just given like the platinum healthcare coverage and it's just handled. Why are, why do they have to like, why is the VA involved? Why do they have to wait? They wait months and months and months for treatment. Well, here's a little secret, Julie. Government doesn't really like people. Government likes control. Government likes power. Government, government likes to be in charge and the people in government, they like all of that stuff. They don't really care about the people. They just want to control the people. Um, in my opinion, and uh, they're not very good at being efficient in general about anything. So I don't know why you're surprised at all. I mean, any trip to the DMV should, you know, I, just give you an idea how well things are run when you put a bureaucracy in charge. Right. And it's not that I'm surprised. It's that I'm pissed off. Like, how, like everybody should be pissed off about this. Everybody. Like 22 veterans a day commit suicide? That is, like, that has to be fixed. We ask these people to give up their lives, to put everything on hold, to go fight for our country, to defend our freedoms. And then we do what? Sorry about your luck when it comes to health care? Yeah. We used them for what we needed. Thank you. On to the next one. I'm, it, that is unacceptable. I'm well aware of that, and I agree with you. I know you do. I know you do. Yeah, All right. That is just the way of the world. Let's get into pricing. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It seems so much less important than yes. talking about the healthcare for our veterans, but all right. Yeah. Pricing, very big. That's a challenging area. So we struggled with that when we started our business and we, I don't question, are we moving into pricing because um, I'm getting too emotional and you're getting uncomfortable? No. Oh, okay. I'm just checking. Um, all right. So pricing. We, we struggled with it when we started our business. Yeah. And I still it, like pricing, especially for intangibles for services is hard products. That's easy. In my opinion, like you, like it, there is a phys, like there is a cost for this item and there are all sorts of calculations and mm -hmm. ratios and percentages and, and, and all of that out there on, mm -hmm. in terms of how you can, price a product correctly. And then there's some tweaking you do on the, on the back end, but by and large, it's, it's fairly easy. The services, the intangibles, that is, that is much harder to price because you're just pricing your time basically. You are, but well, that's one way to look at it. I think what you're really pricing is how different would the price look if you priced your experience and not your time, right? So listen, I've got, you know, 20 years of experience. I've got 10 years of really solid experience mer in mergers and acquisitions. Uh, so, which leads me to knowing small businesses inside and out. There's value on that. Yeah, there is. And, but uh, again, you're pricing your time. Your time has more value than somebody who's never, who doesn't have the experience that you do. If I, I, I could hire a plumber who uh, has spent two years doing an apprenticeship and just went out on his own, on his own, for $30 an hour, or I could hire an expert plumber to do the work and who has decades of experience. And I'm going to spend 70, $75 an hour 
Um, and they're doing the same thing theoretically. It's just that I know or should get a better product, a, a better service out of the person who has more experience than the person who doesn't. Right. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Do you think should the market dictate your prices so from a service product or service? Should the market dictate your prices or should you dictate your prices? It's a, it's a combination of the two because they're like, I mean, if you're just going to look at the regular supply and demand curve, there, there, there's some sort of elasticity to all pricing out there. And as you increase or decrease your price, the demand will, you know, inversely shift with that theoretically on the very basic, basic uh, idea of economics. And so, but there's a point where you're too high and nobody's going to buy or you're too low and it doesn't make sense to be in business. Or you're too low and everybody... You can, you could be low and it would still make sense to be in business. You're just going to have to work a lot harder to, you know, you have to either, you have to sell a lot more services or a lot more products or whatever. But the problem with being priced too low is like, then, you know, there's only a, there's a, there's, there, not everybody shops with like, let me find the lowest price possible. A lot of people are like, why is that price so low? Their service must suck or that product must suck. I'm not buying that one. Yeah, exactly. And that's why there's a, it's a combination of the two. The, the market can't just solely decide what you're going to price your service at because the market is going to want it to be as affordable for them as possible, but it might not be something that they can't afford at, or as much as they would like to afford. Right. So what are, Okay. So what are some things that um, help people get over that? I think there's fear that's associated with pricing, right? In that you're, listen, you've heard my voice shake before talking to clients where I have to give a price and I'm like, uh, it's, it's five, $5,000. Well, and, and for, <laughs> for all of our listeners out there, it's not only that, but there's little to no eye contact. There's looking around the room. <laughs> I've pretend, gotten much better. Pretending that you're looking at notes. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten much yes. better. Yeah. But for a lot, well, listen, it probably took me, oh God, like 18 months of being in business to get comfortable saying the price. Cause I mean, if I was, I'm the salesperson, then I'm the person who has to say the price. And I hated it. For a really long time, I hated it. I, you know, I still, I don't mind it anymore, but it really does, like, it's, there's a challenge to it. So I get when people are unsure or have a fear around pricing and, you know, do you think like talking to yourself in the mirror and hyping yourself up is, is a good way to get over it? Like, how do you get over it? Uh, I think, I mean, for me, it's just repetition. <laughs> Who is the last time you told somebody a price? Uh, I mean, just, uh, I've been, I've been, I mean, not a price, but I mean, kidding. well, no, but I mean, like I've been hiring all these people and they're like, what, what are your wages? What are you paying? Yeah. You know? And that's, I mean, the same thing. It's like, well, this is what we're paying. Take it or leave it. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, similar. It's not the same thing, but um, you know, I guess it's the price I'm paying for employment. Sure. Well, yeah. And I think quite honestly, the only way to get better at it is to do it. Right. And, yeah. and you're going to, you're going to have some uncomfortable moments. You're going to get some people who are going to challenge you on it. Like you're, wow, you can't possibly be worth that much money or I could get it cheaper somewhere else. And it turns into a whole conversation, but you can't just like anything else in life, you cannot get better at it. 
if you don't actually, you know, do the paces, take the steps, say it over and over again, pitch your sale. Yeah. And I mean, for, for you, for example, you teamed up with our friend, Bill Bolton to do some cold calls. And, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, for a little bit there, it was once a week, you were just jumping on calls and, and kind of t- tag teaming. Cause even for him, he's, he loves uh, sales. He talking. loves that, loves talking, loves the networking, loves the social aspect yeah. of his business. But, you know, even for him, when I talk to him, I need practice. He says, you know, I need, I need, I still need to practice. I need to get better. Um, so it's not something that I don't think that anybody ever feels like they master um, because you can always get better. You can always fine tune and tweak and, and make it just a little bit better. Yeah. And I, th- I think you get, do you think it's, it gets easier to say your prices when you have more consistent revenue coming in the door and it's okay if you lose a sale or do you think even then it's like, Oh God, I'm not going to say that number again. Well, I think, I think it's not, I mean, the consistent sales, yes. And not even necessarily the amount of revenue, but it's that you have, you have proof that people are willing to buy what it is that you're selling. So there's, there's more confidence in the the product in the service so that it's like, oh, okay, I've, I've already, and I'm going to say convinced, but I've already been able to sell a dozen of these services to people and they seem to be happy with it. So I might, I am probably in the right range in terms of what it, what I should be charging for what I'm selling. True. And the other benefit of pricing is you can change, it can change. It doesn't have to be static. You can raise it, lower it. You can, you can play around with it. There's levers to pull as you get better and as you get, you know, more comfortable saying the numbers to figure out the sweet spot in the market. Yep. Yeah. So it's not this, Hey, we're going to go to market with a price point of $2,500 and that's what it is from here to the end of eternity. Correct. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to have side hustle millionaire, Tony Watley join us. And we're going to dig into, I don't know what we're going to get into, but it's probably going to be about becoming a millionaire. Hey everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live, so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. 
Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. We have our guest, Tony Watley, on, and we are going to jump into whatever we uh, decide to talk about today, pricing or being an entrepreneur, who knows? So welcome to the show, Tony. Hey, thanks for having me on again, Corey, Julie. I like chaos, so let's talk about some chaos. <laughs> let's, you know what has more chaos than anything? Corey and Julie's lives right now. Yes. We've <laughs> <laughs> got a lot going on. Um yeah, so Tony, you want to give our listeners a little bit of background on you, and then we'll, we'll jump in where the conversation takes us. Yeah, I'll keep this one short. I'll say that I had 20 years of a dual career, one of those in high-level corporate engineering, oil and gas management, managing hundreds of millions of dollars. And for the side businesses I created were in my automotive performance space, which I built business to seven figures, multiple seven figures, and sold those for millions while I was working a full-time job because I was able to system my you know, make systems and processes and put the right people in place to operate a company without me being present all the time. So that's why they call me the side hustle millionaire, because I was able to make a lot of money without working full time. Nice, nice. And you're one of the rare people I know who actually got that book to bestseller status without this big bestseller status campaign behind it. Yeah, that's correct. I, I got the community involved. I started just using my social media, Facebook primarily, some people on LinkedIn to help make suggestions on what to put in the comments and what to put into the content of the book. And as I was writing each chapter, I would just release a little bit of like an excerpt and show them and go, hey, how, what do you guys think about this? There's anything we should add to it. So it was kind of this community project. And I also served, surveyed over 100 different business owners to get their you know, the best questions. You know, what is the things that keep you from starting? What are the biggest regrets you had? All the different questions to get people on the same page when they're reading the book to understand that they're not alone. And that's very important, having that community uh, effort, the community buy-in. The, the people feel like they are, they are a part of what you're doing. Uh, but at what point do, does it become, you know, you've got too many chefs in the kitchen? Well, there was only always one chef, but the thing is, is like a lot of times people will make suggestions, but they're not always good ones, right? But, you know, it's just keeping people involved 
keeping people informed of the project and the progress is also hold me accountable as a writer, right? So if you want to ever write a book, put it out there and ask people to hold you accountable and you're going to get it done. You know, I'm glad you went there on the holding, holding you accountable as a writer. Um, there's, there's this one aspect of social media that I would love to talk to you about. So you're, you're very, very good at social media, right? You can navigate it very well. You troll social media very well. Um, you get a lot of engagement on your posts. And you're, I think, again, correct me if I'm wrong, a pretty big proponent of, hey, put out on social media what you're going to do so that the, your followers, your friends, whoever engages with you can hold you accountable, right? So you're sort of like, let's tell the story as we're building the story. And I'm very much of the, why do we have to tell everything that we're doing on social media, right? So why do we have to post every win? Why do we have to, hey, I'm gonna, I'm starting 75 hard today and hold me accountable. And I look at it like, if you're like, how could you not have the, the fortitude to hold yourself accountable? Like, why do I need a community of fucking strangers to do it for me? I think the best analogy I can think of in that regard is if you've ever been to a movie theater and you saw that there's the main exits and the entrances that you walk into the theater, but then there's always the little fire exits that are at the front. And sometimes, you know, it's closer to the parking lot so you can escape after the movie's done and just go straight through those. Well, if you don't hold yourself accountable or put things in a public manner, basically your goal is that movie theater. You're able to walk in, sit down, watch a little bit of it, maybe partake in some of the actions or the results that you want to achieve. But you know, if it's not a good movie, you can escape and nobody even knows you're even at the theater. So when you don't hold yourself accountable or look for external ways to hold you accountable to your actions, did you, rather, did you even start? Did you even try? Did you even finish? So I'd say the vast majority of people who do not have proven results or discipline in, re in achieving their goals, they need to be holding themselves externally accountable. Now, the easiest way to do this, your social media or, and I would also urge you not to use your best friends in this regard, because best friends would rather lie to you or try to keep the peace rather than tell you the truth. So you want people that are respectful like our mastermind groups and things like that, that are not your best friends, but they're going to hold you accountable. They're going to tell you the truth, even if it's painful. I would argue that there's a large portion of those people out there that are just narcissistic assholes. They're, they're just, they, they, they only care about themselves and it's, Hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. Um, and that's, I mean, social media has just given that platform to everybody just to be able to try and, and shine the spotlight on themselves. And I mean, frankly, most of us, we shouldn't care. We should, it's, it's like uh, advertising. If you don't pay attention, it goes away. If you don't pay attention to, on social, to people on social media, hopefully they would just go away, but we pay attention to them. Yeah. I would say that listeners of this show would fall into the more positive category on that. I would agree that the vast majority of people, maybe they, we don't really care what you had for breakfast or, you know, that your cat is doing something to your nose on the selfie cam, but for the most people that are business owners, people that are actually using social media with an intent and a purpose of either building a personal brand or getting more business, you have to do things the right way. So yeah, you know, the funny thing is like, sometimes people will just introduce themselves like, I'm just an average ordinary dude. And 
kind of breaks my heart when people introduce themselves like that, because that's like an identity that they've adopted, that they're just average and ordinary. It's like, who wants to really live average and ordinary, not business owners, not people that want to make an impact in this world. Yes. And, and that is true. But the, I mean, I like, even so, I think even with business owners, there's, there's some of that, like, I, like, I feel like people get into, into, uh, business for the wrong reasons. They get into it because they want to, they, they think it looks cool or it's going to give them some sort of um, esteem or, or, or notoriety. Like they're, they're in it not to, to better themselves or to challenge themselves or because it's, it's who they are. It's, it's what they want. Like they're trying to get something out of it. Um, and, and that's uh, just a terrible reason to go into business really. Yeah. Some people are just bad employees, period. Even you know, they can't learn, they're not coachable. They didn't really make it in a corporate world. So they're trying to do something in business because they just don't want to have a boss. I mean, I remember even when I was working corporate, you know, I was bringing in just under 300,000 a year. That's a pretty good salary, right? And I had friends that were business owners that would troll me once in a while and be like, hey, uh, how's the cube farm? And they make these little jokes about employees. And I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, you make like 50 grand a year. Like you can keep your business. Like I'm over here crushing it. My lifestyle's way better than yours. So it's not always about just being an entrepreneur and trying to be cool. And, you know, if that's you and you're listening to this and you just think that you want the title, like you still got to get the result at the end of the day. How do we get to the result? Some people are better as employees. Some people are just better as entrepreneurs, but I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a identity thing. Like you think, I, I agree, Corey. I think there's an identity there. I suck as an employee. <laughs> I've been fired more than anybody on the planet. I'm a terrible employee, but, uh, and it's most, and I think all the reasons I'm a terrible employee are what make me a great entrepreneur, right? Mm. In that I'm extremely like value oriented and I get, I would get so frustrated in corporate jobs because I'm like, we would do things just for the sake of doing things and not really delivering on value and not keeping the customer in mind. And for, for me, customers were always internal when I was a corporate person, right? Because it was most of the time I was doing M&As and it's just, it was annoying because I'm like, why are we not putting this group of people first? And when I would get vocal about it, that's when I would get fired or as I like to call it, made available to the industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been there many times. And I would say that the, the company definitely matters. The smaller companies where you can actually affect change and the things that you do, because even what we call as entrepreneurs, right? People that work in corporate that have an entrepreneurial mind and we're always looking to make things more efficient, how to save money, how to make more money. We're always looking at processes and efficiencies and trying to remove the bureaucracy and the red tape. Smaller companies where you're in the management level, you can actually affect change and actually see the bottom line change. But the big companies, when you got to get dozens of signature authorities and it's just the way we've always done it and all this crap that that will frustrate an entrepreneur when they work for a large company, you know, fortune 100 type companies that just are not going to change and are not going to pivot. And they're just going to do things that they've done for a hundred years. And it's, uh, we always talk about on um, like our podcast, the radio show, just how awesome entrepreneurs are, how awesome we are. There's a lot of, of back padding <laughs> going on around here. And, you know, we tend to kind of just, I don't want to say shit on, but like, we don't give credit to the the people out there because I, I mean, in, in a machine, we do need cogs. Yeah. You need people who are willing to show up to work and, and they are there to collect a paycheck and they do their job and they clock out at 5 p.m. on Friday and they don't think about a thing until Monday morning. 
And like as as boring as that is to me, that is still something that we need to keep yeah. the, keep the things going. Yeah, not everybody wants to be a leader. I actually remember the first time I joined Chevron. I was 40 years old and every month they did a corporate thing where they invited all the new employees into the the executive suite, which is the penthouse downtown Houston. And there was about 80 people in the room, just all different departments, all different ages, different skill levels. And they interviewed and they surveyed each of us as a group, like what are the main reasons you joined such a great organization? You know, the, the whole cheerleading thing. And one of the topics was leadership opportunities. And that's when I raised my hand. And I'm thinking, I'm in here with the best of the best, the cherry-picked top grads, the people like me in the industry that were heavily recruited. Like, we're all there in the room, essentially the best of the best in the oil industry. And there was only four of us that raised our hands when the leadership question came up. So I, I'm thinking, I'm in a room with the best of the best people, and not everybody wants to be a leader. And that was a pretty eye-opening experience, that experience at age 40, that not everybody wants to be a leader. Not everybody wants to do the things. They just want to be the worker bee. They, they wanted the prestige of wearing the logo on their shirt. They wanted the steady paycheck. They wanted the stock options and the pension. Like they had a whole different reasons for me. I just wanted to go be executive. Isn't that crazy? I think, and not everybody's cut out to be leaders. Like I, you know, as, as you know, Tony, I recently um, took a short-term contract with, uh, you know, a bigger consulting company helping on a very significant divestiture. And I look at the, you know, some of the people that I'm working with and I'm like, how did you get into the leadership role? Like how, like what? And, and I just, I realized that's just rampant in, in many organizations, right? It's like the, the Peter principle at play and, (laughs) you know, people it's, it's pure. Honestly, it's, it's been a very eye opening experience for me, but a really good one because it has reminded me of all of the reasons why I love being an entrepreneur and why I want to help more people be successful at it because I don't want anyone to have to sit in corporate America if they don't want to. Yeah, exactly. You know, as we get older, we start to realize those kind of things in corporate America because when you're in your 20s and your 30s, you're relatively well experienced and underpaid. So when you get laid off or there's an industry downturn or you get fired, there's actually plenty of jobs at that income level where it's easy to replace your income. Now, when you start to get in your 40s and your 50s and some people that are still in their 60s, they're highly experienced and also highly compensated. And when we get laid off, there's very few options available. You may have to relocate your entire family to a different state or a different country. It's just you start to realize like, I don't really like this game when I got to go sit on the bench six to eight months if I get laid off because there's not that many positions available doing what I do at that level. So you don't, it's unfortunate that you, you get 20 years into your career when you start to realize those kind of things. So that's just an eye-opening experience. There's probably some listeners out there, maybe mid thirties, and they're starting to see the ageism start to come into play and that companies value tenure rather than talent. You have supervisors, even times two, three levels above you that are really incompetent. They're not really good at what they do. They've just been at the company for a very long time. And they're really loyal. And you realize that that is not what makes a good leader. It's not tenure, it's talent. Yeah. And, and for me, like uh, that whole concept of, I, I don't, I like to be in control of my future and the, the concept of that, like when you, at, at 50, 55, you could be potentially laid off of work and then what are you going to do? Uh, and, and, and for me, I don't ever really plan on retiring. Like my goal is to build businesses and build them to the point where they're, they're running themselves for the most part, but I'm always going to be involved in what's going on to a degree because I mean, for the, for me, that's my retirement plan. 
and it's not have a 401k and, and at 67 start golfing every day. It's, you know, have continuous revenue coming in every single day until I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I agree, Corey. I don't think that people that are productive and creative like to sit around and do anything. I, even when we go to the beach, I'm pretty good for about an hour, hour and a half, and I'm ready to go do, do something else. And I'm not going to be the one that sits around drinking umbrella drinks and just looking at the skyline. I mean, just it just doesn't interest me. I enjoy being a creator and building things. Sure. And for me, like even uh, at the beach, that's if I'm going to go build a, a sandcastle with my nephews. It's, it's like, yeah, I can't sit there, but for so long and yeah. taking the scenery, it's all right, well, let's go do something. Let's go build. And then let's destroy the sandcastle and rebuild. Hell yeah. That's, that's the way we do it. That's the way we do it, man. It's, <laughs> I, I agree, man. So, you know, business, getting back on the topic of entrepreneurship, I think that it can be learned. I don't think that it's a, something you're born with. Cause a lot of times there's a fallacy like, Oh, you're born, you're a hustler. Like, no, it could be taught because just like any education and school can be taught. Any language can be taught. You just got to get around the right people, the right mentors, read the right books, listen to shows like this, absorb the way we think we think different than people that are just clocking in clocking out. And well, and I'll disagree with you to, to, to a degree here in that, I mean, you need to have that a certain motor. You need to have that work ethic. You need to have that mindset um, in order to be successful. Cause I mean, a lot of people, they want to be, you know, entrepreneurs, but they also want to clock out at 5 PM. There's nothing wrong with that. If you can build the right business model to, to carry that, you know, when I read Tim Ferriss's book, the four hour work week, I thought, I thought Tim was working too hard. <laughs> Great. Well, um, we have to start wrapping up here on this segment. So we appreciate you, uh, coming on the show, Tony. This is a fun conversation as always. Um, and uh, we want to send everybody to 365driven.com, correct? That's right. Thank you. Thanks. We appreciate it. Thanks yep. for joining us, Tony. It was great. Well, you guys get back to defeating the chaos. Enjoy the episode here. Right, we'll do. Yep. Right, thanks, Tony. Hey, everybody. It's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live, so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com.
Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. We just wrapped up an interview with Tony Watley of 365 Driven, and that was a fun conversation talking about entrepreneurs and just you know, just being a badass in general, I think, right? Maybe. Maybe. I, mean, yeah. I don't know. What it takes to do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Badass? Sure. Yeah, let's go. Sure, with let's do that. But yeah. just talking about uh, what it takes to be an entrepreneur and and the the drive and and uh, the time and and work ethic and everything that goes yeah. into that so yeah and I think that's pretty badass right it is badass yes I'm tying right. that back in okay all right enough of that you know what this is it's time to gamble that's right it's time to gamble let's talk about my record let's talk about your insane record right now <laughs> what is it Corey you are twelve and one that's on nuts. the season the year the 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 calendar year that has defeat the chaos since we started doing this yeah. Um, and that's, that's pretty frightening. It's frightening and impressive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is like, yeah, uh, it, it is for everybody out there. If you are above 55% on a gambling record, generally speaking, that's considered good. Yes. To be 12 and one is it's just uh, like, it's, it's abnormal. Right. And, and just so people know, this is nothing but pure luck. So I'm not the expert gambler on this team. He is. So truly, like, you do not want to be, like, following me. <laughs> well, see, I think the thing is here, and I'm a, I'm not really a, uh, a superstitious person, but I think because you are not actually putting money on these games, that's why you're winning. Oh. If you were to actually start betting on these games, you'd probably start Well, some of these games we've bet, though. Yeah, maybe. You don't know. <laughs> that's true uh, but me that. on the other hand i'm seven and seven which is right. yeah, did you know, we did we bet on monday night's game yes and i took your advice on that one with the and we covered yeah doing it uh, uh um teaser of unc and the under and it covered so. we wouldn't have even had to tease unc because they covered on their own that's correct they covered but, outright but either way perfect that's, that's what that's what i played and that's what that's what hit well so, i'm glad that you listened yes. to me all right what do you got for today all right. Well, today I'm going to gamble on the Masters. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I actually have two picks for today. I've got two plays, right? So um, the first one is Tiger Woods making the cut line, right? And that's sitting at plus 120. And I am going to say that Tiger is going to make the cut and he'll be playing on Saturday and Sunday. Okay. That is my first pick. 
And my second pick for the Masters is I'm going to pick the outright winner. And I'm going to take Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth. Okay. Yeah. Um, that is possibly we will see Julie drop to, I'm going to say 13 and two. Um, <laughs> Wait, that's, oh, you think I'll go one and one? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I've got a hockey pick because we're getting into that time of the year where we are running out of, where we're getting desperate for picks. Yeah. And I, I enjoy hockey. I enjoy betting on hockey. Uh, not so much into the NBA and baseball just started and good God is the summer, a long time of nothing going on. Um, yeah. You might see me bet on cricket. Who knows? We'll see um, coming this summer, but for today, um, Today's pick, I'm going to take the Penguins money line uh, to win over the New York Rangers. So hockey, taking the Penguins, taking the taking my favorite teams. Nice. Yes. Okay. All right. So that's what we got. Let's, Let's jump into news. Let's jump into news. Yes. What do you got? Um, so I'm going to start off with a fun one, just in my mind, because uh, as I've already noted on um, today's podcast and many, many other podcasts that I'm not a big fan of just government and government employees and and uh, politicians, et cetera. And there was, um, I don't know if you saw the article about the Fox that was running around um, DC uh, and bit a couple people. I did not. Yes. Um, so this was on Tuesday. There was uh, um, somewhere around the Capitol, there was a, a, a Fox and it was running around just attacking people, um, which I was like, good for that Fox. Somebody needs to let these, let these jerks in DC know, know what's up. Um, and then just this morning, article came out that they caught the fox and uh tested it and found it that it had rabies and they euthanized it or, or whatever um but it reminded me of a, a fun parks and rec episode where there was a, a raccoon that was terrorizing people on a golf course and i think it was a raccoon maybe it was a possum um and they caught a raccoon and they're like yeah that's fine just say that we caught the raccoon and not a raccoon and that's the first thing that popped in my mind is like oh yeah don't worry folks we caught the fox and like realistically <laughs> it's probably just a fox um because that sounds like something that our government would do that does sound like something our government yes, would but do that, that that was the fun one let's let's jump into something real well i got one that's scary af a man in california found a seven foot snake behind his sofa now, you know, I could not read any more about the story for fear that there was actually a picture of a seven foot snake sure. in the story. So I don't know how it ends. I don't know where the snake came from, if it was his own or if it was, you know, just a snake in the wild that found its way into a house, which is my biggest fear. I feel like that's a very big reality. It is not. That is extremely, especially in this area there. Do you remember the time that I texted you to ask you to look up a story about a snake because there was like a 18. Yeah. Months. And it was in like the, in London. Yeah. No, it was in like the, it was in the UK. <laughs> but I like, was, there's a, there's a snake on the loose. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's in a, it's across the ocean. I know, well. but I didn't know where it was. I just saw the headline. Sure. But like, I mean, just think about the, possibility like the like the uh just how unlikely it would be that that snake would find your house and get somehow figure out a way to get into your house the world is a large very large place julie very large it's, I, I understand that you clearly don't though because you think that there's a chance that this snake that you don't even know anything about might find his way into your house. I just and there are no snakes that large around here anyway i just so. like knowing i just like knowing but 
Yes. Okay. So anyway, a man in California found a seven foot snake behind his sofa. I literally would, I would burn my fucking house down if there was a seven sure. foot snake behind my sofa. Cause that just means there's more. That's- no, that doesn't. That sounds like it's somebody's pet that got out or was released because they didn't want to deal with it anymore. Yeah, well. Because those types of snakes don't naturally occur, well, maybe down in Florida, but they don't naturally occur in most of the continental United States. Okay. Or they, they don't exist in Alaska or Florida. So, or uh, Alaska or Hawaii, that's the word I'm going for. Okay. Anyway, right. I'm going to jump into uh, one of our favorite topics to talk about here. Government? People. Oh. One of the favorite people to talk about, Elon Musk. Oh, I love Elon. Yeah, he uh, he has has kind of um, caused some some uh, pandemonium on the Thank internet. Thank God he overtook Will Smith. We're not talking about Will Smith yeah, anymore. Well, that's because you know Will Smith is a plant by the government. Tinfoil hats, everybody, to overshadow some other stuff that was going on. But anyway. Um, the uh, but yeah, he bought uh, just over nine percent of Twitter basically this week, and everybody is going crazy because they think that somehow it's going to limit the amount of free speech on Twitter. That's a that's ironic. That's, ironic. That's the that's the left saying that to get people up in a twirl about Elon because it's actually I'm I'm hoping that he reinstates Trump. And I'm thinking maybe I might even get reinstated on Twitter now. Don't, don't hold your breath. <laughs> I have um, been I have been on a permanent Twitter ban for like 18 months now. So I banned Twitter. We we boycotted Twitter. We don't use Twitter. I don't. We didn't really use it beforehand. So that's that, that makes the story less impactful. <laughs> yes, <Corey>. exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think it's it's hilarious that a company that is very good at um, censoring people is now concerned about the fact that Elon Musk is on there because he wants to stop censoring people. But that's anti-free speech. That's the crazy world we live in. Right. Well, and honestly, it was a really smart way for him to to get into the social media game. He, you know, people have been asking him to um, create a social media company. And obviously it's a much faster track to just you know, acquire one, acquire one. Right. So very smart play on his part. Be interesting to see what, what happens next. Um, I think the more interesting story this week or another interesting story this week is literally what's happening with Disney. What is going on with Disney? Well, their stock is tanking because they have those two leaked videos of the conference calls where they were talking about um, grooming, um, talking about the importance of representing, you know, the LGBTQ um, and putting at least 50% of all characters in their, in their movies um, as LGBTQ um, characters by the end of the year. And the um, one person saying that uh, one of the, one of their like, you know, leadership, somebody on the leadership team saying that they're, they're really trying to push the gay agenda. And I'm paraphrasing the exact words, but, and parents are losing, rightfully losing their mind over it. Why are they rightfully losing it? What's wrong with having gay characters in Disney movies? There's nothing, there's nothing wrong. I don't know, Julie. Sounds like you got a problem with it. (laughs) No, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, 
Why does it have to be pushed? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know the article. I don't know what I, I, I know nothing about it until right now, but I feel like pushed was probably a word used by whoever wrote the article. To describe- no, no, it's actually, that's the literal language of the executives from Disney. That they want to push yes. this agenda yes. onto people. Yes. I doubt that was actually said, but who knows? It's in the video. Well, I didn't watch the video. I don't know anything about it. But anyway, uh, it's- it sounds like you're saying the video is fake. No, I'm not saying the video is fake. It just sounds like, uh, it sounds like, uh, yes, this set definitely sounds like something that Disney would do. And it sounds like something that corporate America is doing and, and that whatever, I don't, I'm not going to get into that, but the, the fact that they're, you know, they say they, I don't, I find it hard to believe that they outright said we are pushing this agenda on people. That sounds like somebody was paraphrasing what they were trying to do to push their own agenda. No, but anyway, I don't get it personally. I have nothing wrong with it. It's fine. Um, but again, it, it comes down to everything. It's just like it, it uh, the, the whole identity politics, identity, everything. It's it, like it just just make a good movie. Just make an entertaining movie. Who cares what the characters are, who they are, what they do? Just make a good movie. Right. Same just, comes and- to same comes to politics. Same comes to hiring, et cetera. Find the best person for it based upon skill, ability, knowledge, experience. Who cares about everything else? Right. And just so we're clear, we're also, and I know Disney has owns like Marvel, but we're also talking about movies for like five-year-olds. Yes. Four-year-olds, three-year-olds. And, right? and yes. And I don't think that sexuality of any shape or form should be included. In, There's the argument. In, in just make some fucking cars who talk, even yes. though that's Pixar or DreamWorks or I don't even know, but like make some animated toasters battle you know <laughs> whoever and you know duel to the death and just call it a day because at the end of the day that's all kids really care about that's all kids should care about. yes exactly yes, it's just playing and animation and having fun yes exactly we don't need to draw them into this terrible awful world that we live in let them have a childhood people <laughs> yes because they're going to get drawn in fast enough yes exactly when all the food runs out later this year. <laughs> all right. Well, we got to start wrapping up the, uh, the show. Um, but uh, hey, Julie, mm-hmm. thanks for co-hosting with me today. You're welcome. Did I do a good job? You did. I appreciate appreciate all the effort you put into today's show. Yeah. Yep, I, this is, this is, I give, I give effort all the time. Yes. Yes, you do. So uh, everybody out there, go check out our uh, website, sbpace.com. Check out our podcast, bizquickpodcast.com. Uh, no, that's not even, that's the name of the podcast. We don't have that website anymore. <laughs> Bizquick podcast. <laughs> Just go to sbpace.com. Everything you need to know about us is out there. Yeah. And uh, tune in again next week.